Okay, the Sound Hogs, uh, Jenny and CKUW, and here we are. It's uh, m- uh, fr- Friday, February 23rd at 1.07 by my time here. And uh, my name is Michael Welch, and the show is uh, on CKUW 95.9 FM in Winnipeg on the uh, on the official territory of the Anishinaabe, Ninu, Oji, Cree, Diné, and Dakota, the birthplace of the Red River Métis, uh, people who we... You know, must always remember that all of the assets that we have to the land, you know, we we have to acknowledge that that it goes first to them for supplying us with that, and uh, must always uh, address the, uh, the the issues of colonialism and and genocide that went with it. So anyway, we're uh, we're about to get into the. I uh, for this, I'm trying to encourage people to to give us a call at two zero four seven seven four six eight seven seven or you can uh, go to e- e- internet uh, fundrive.cqw.ca and you can make a pledge because this is one time a, we- a year when we actually have to pledge to keep this show running and because we're not funded by corporations we're not funded by uh, you know you know the state or anything it comes from uh, the not only from the uh, the University of Winnipeg Students Association but also from listeners just like you so I'm going to uh, you know, I, I'll have more to say about it later, but I, I think first we should just play uh, uh, sample clips from past shows. I know that uh, the, uh, there's a, a lot of talk these days about uh, Navalny, who is a, who is a prisoner who was uh, in a, who he died in a, a put in a, a Russian jail uh, this past uh, about a week ago, I guess. And uh, there's been a lot of fans, you know, people who are saying, oh, that Putin is such a brutal man and he's doing all these things. And, well, I mean, I, there's a lot that I could say about Navalny and I, I'll, that'll come out in a later uh, episode of the Global Research News Hour. But uh, right now I'd like to, to focus on the fact that there is a, a kind of a parallel situation, kind of, in the person of Julian Assange, because this is a man who has been, uh, you know, he's was uh, propped up on a, a lot of charges. He basically exposed uh, can- American uh, war crimes in Iraq and Afghanistan uh, through his, uh, you know, through WikiLeaks. And uh, there, there have been forces out there that, that are trying to get him and going to great lengths to uh, to try to, you know, punish him for it. And uh, they made up stuff. I mean, there was this whole business about him having, uh, uh, you know, allegations of a sexual uh, nature, which actually, you know, it, they, they collapsed. Uh, but I, I'm going to just play a clip uh, from a show I did back in, I guess it was November of 2021, uh, which uh, highlighted the uh, some of the people in that uh, whole that the group basically uh, you know, it enlightens us as to some of the things that I mean people people are saying that Putin is such a brutal man and how he treats prisoners. This guy is sitting in Belmarsh Prison in, in the United Kingdom, which is like the equivalent of uh, basically Britain's uh, uh, Guantanamo Bay. So I'll, I'll play you a, a clip from that, and, and uh, you know, in, perhaps to some of you it'll be shocking, but uh, here we go. That came into the September 2020 hearing by way of two 
witnesses from the Spanish court case against UC Global, a Spanish security firm originally hired by the Ecuadorian government to protect Assange, but was then co-opted and contracted by the CIA to provide ultimately 24-7 live streaming out of that embassy. Everything Assange did, even apparently inside the bathroom, was filmed and, and, and there was audio uh, they knew everything, and they spied, most importantly, on his conversations with his lawyers. The next one, <laughs> oh, they just go on. The next one is the CIA plans to uh, murder Julian, to to kidnap Julian, to ran scenarios of um, shooting the tires out cars in the streets of London. Of course, the MI6 said, well, you can't do that. We'll do it for you. So there's arrangements made with the MI6 that if uh, it was supposed, you know, in the fantasies of the CIA that somehow or other Russians were going to break into the embassy and steal Julian away. And in the process, the CIA and the MI6 would shoot the tires out of the cuff. I mean, this all sounds quite ridiculous, but uh, it was revealed in, uh, by 30 uh, CIA officers to Yahoo, uh, Dorfman and Isakov being the reporters just a couple of weeks ago. The CIA had requested presidential authority to kidnap or to kill Julian without, without allowing him to face his accusers in a court of law in the streets of London. Uh, plan B was if Julian were to make it onto a Russian diplomatic plane to then shoot out the tires of the plane. That's an act of war. That's an act of war. Now, it appears that this plan went through the chain of command until it got to National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster. This was in 2017, and McMaster killed it. So there never was a signed presidential finding allowing the CIA to murder or to kidnap Julian Assange. This is what Julian's up against. But, but the British judges, as conservative as they may be, they're not stupid. They read the papers, and they know that as much as the Justice Department promises that they won't put, put Julian in solitary, they're going to put him in solitary or in a communications management unit, which is just as bad. Scandal after scandal after scandal. In 1939... Uh... Okay, so that was our little uh, outpost. Uh, it was about the uh, whole uh, Assange thing. And so... Yeah, I mean, if you're one of these people who are kind of jazzed up about how uh, the the you know the, the Putin is is being so brutal to the person in charge, I mean, you know, you, you they should also level the same amount against uh, against Biden, and we should be saying, well, okay, you know, prove that you're the this lo loyal Democrat that you claim to be, and and let Assange go because there's nothing against him. Yeah, so anyway, it's uh, one fourteen, and yeah, please, we want you to please donate what you can to CKW. Go call 204-774-6877 or go online, fundrive.ckuw.ca. So anyway, we're, uh, yeah, we're going to go to our next clip, and this is going to be a bit of a, a different uh, approach it's, uh, we're talk, tackling AI, artificial intelligence, and that's been a, 
a major concern. Last year, they released the chat GPT, which can allow you to just tell a uh, you know, tell the computer to, to compose something, and it's going to give us all these, you know, you know, uh, a completed uh, radio play or something like that. And anyway, I, I got in touch with an old uh, high school uh, student, a friend of mine, uh, Cal Sharif, who's now running a, a major uh, IT program here in Winnipeg, Project White Card, as well as uh, none other than Robert J. Sawyer, who's a, a famed uh, Canadian uh, science fiction writer. So I, I a decided to ask, put a question to them uh, about AI. So I'm going to play that clip for you right now. Artificial intelligence gets so profound that they might do things in such a way that, uh, that ultimately leads yeah. to our own termination. Is that a concern that you two have as well? Well, you know, I was speaking earlier about uh, about how the fact that our phones are, uh, you know, have made us addicts, and uh, obviously there's been AI behind uh, what you see all along. I know even right now my Google phone is listening to me. I don't know why I let it listen to me, but it's listening to me. And if I talk about something, I'll see a topic uh, related to that, maybe something I can purchase. But I think that. If the AI is operating at such a deep level, like a deep, deep ocean, that it could potentially motivate the human race to do something just in very, very subtle ways. It's like the reverse of I put up, I'm creating a brain, uh, I'm, 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 I'm operating in, a, in, an, in an operating room, I'm trying to remove uh, cancerous cells. I use the AI to tell me where they are. I don't know how it did it, but it can tell me and not subject to introspection, and then I remove those cells as well, and an actual real case of what's going on right now. Um, I think the AI would be perfectly capable of directing, <laughs> directing the human race. If it, it's not, what is it now, Michael? Last time I checked, I, we didn't look up this number, it was 200 million people within the first month were using ChatGPT. How many hundreds of millions of people does it take for the AI to say, hey, Let's get them to do this or let's get them to do that. I mean, there's so much potential for good. But like I said, is that how it's being used? Is, is there a particular scenario in, in science fiction that this would take either, whether it's the Terminators in uh, you know, the Arnold Schwarzenegger series or the, the Borgs from Star Trek or... Uh, um, the Matrix, which the is... Matrix. Yeah. yeah. Those are those three standard science fiction scenarios. The three standard science fiction scenarios about... Uh, relationship with AI are the Borg scenario from Star Trek where they absorb us, the Terminator uh, scenario where they uh, eliminate us, and the Matrix scenario where they enslave us. In my trilogy, Wake, Watch, and Wonder, which recently won the Machine Intelligence Foundation for Rights and Ethics, the MIFRI Media Award, um, uh, I tried to put that fourth possible thing in the payoff matrix uh, where we and AI find a win-win scenario uh -huh. together. Uh, and uh, I don't know that that's possible. So I do know that it's possible. I don't know if it's plausible. But if we don't start thinking very seriously about the ways in which we could have a symbiosis with AI and clearly delineate those things that are going to be human endeavors, the arts, creativity, for instance, and those things that we're going to let machines do, uh, finance and, and um, you know, uh, picking up garbage and so forth. Uh, 
we may end up not having a symbiosis. So it's definitely all of those four potentials are possible. We'll be enslaved, we'll be eliminated, we'll be absorbed, lose our individuality. And just maybe if we act really soon now at this inflection point in history, a win-win scenario. The only one that seems highly unlikely, unfortunately, that everybody on the planet says, nope, no more AI, and it stops. Because all it takes is one nation, Japan, North Korea, uh, Russia, you name it, China, to continue AI research, uh, even if those of us, say, in the Western world decide we don't want it. It's still going to happen. So I don't think the Butlerian Jihad uh, is the likely outcome. But the others are all possible, and this today 2023 is when it'll be decided whether we come out as equal partners with AI. I don't see any way we're going to be on top, but at least as equal partners or as we get one of those terrible other scenarios, enslaved, absorbed, or eliminated. That was uh, we, we just heard was the Cal uh, uh, Sharif and Robert Sawyer talking about the happy future of artificial intelligence, um, and followed by uh, the, sh- the 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 song "The Body Electric" by Rush. Um, interestingly enough, I think Neil Peart, the uh, was the drummer and the main lyricist, was had writ- read the uh, that do. The, the, the story, uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, which is better known by the, the, the movie version called Blade Runner. So it is 125, and uh, here in Winnipeg, it's uh, the temperature is minus 11 degrees Celsius, a little colder than it has been in a while. But anyway, we want, we're, we want you to donate right now at 204-774-6877 or go to online, fundrive.ckuw.ca. Uh, this is kind of, this is it, you know, the last five hours, and we are up around uh, well forty six thousand four hundred and thirty one three hundred twenty forty six thousand three hundred eighty one dollars. I'd like to thank uh, Mary Jane who uh, donated fifty dollars. Thank you, Mary Jane, as well as Ben uh, Benyamino who uh, donated ninety five point nine dollars. That's really great. Um, I think we'll next. So you know, vote as soon as possible. Please pledge to to, to keep this sh- this s- uh, series active and alive. Uh, I'm going to play another clip now, and uh, this is from uh, Tamara Lawrence, who is with the uh, the uh, the Voice of Women Voices of Women uh, Against War, and uh, she's a you know, very profound, maybe one of the, the most high-profile peace activists in the country. If you haven't heard of her, it's not a surprise because he doesn't get a lot of media attention. Okay, but she gets it on on community radio like CKW, and she gets it on the uh, on the Global Research News Hour. So uh, we're we're going to play a clip from her. This is in response to the the big basic scandal about a, a Nazi who was uh, applauded in the House of Commons uh, last year, and uh, that. There's a whole big uh, hoop and uh, 
hurrah around that. But uh, he, here's something that, that Tamara Lawrence had to say. Every single member of parliament, everyone in the House of Commons stood up and cheered as he, as, uh, as this um, uh, Nazi was, was, was honoured. And it's absolutely disgraceful. But I, I think that it is um, part of a broader project of historical revisionism that's happening in this country. And it really represents a creeping fascism that I see. It's something that I also witnessed when I was touring uh, Eastern Europe last year and went through Latvia, Poland and Romania. And I think Canadians should be very concerned uh, about what took place. Uh, as well, Canadians should know that what we have been doing in Ukraine uh, with the Canadian military uh, since 2015, we've had a, a, a training mission called Operation Unifier in Ukraine. And there's evidence that I have through access to information documents that the Canadian military knew that it was arming and training neo-Nazi forces in Ukraine. This is uh, members of Azov, uh, C-14, uh, right sector. These are neo-Nazi militias that have been integrated into the Ukrainian military. And... Um, uh, uh, you know, we've been we've been supporting them for the past uh, eight years, and um, it, this is another aspect to to this uh, to this this problem of neo Nazism that that we see as well. Last year, there was a vote that came out in the UN General Assembly asking countries uh, to denounce. Uh, Nazism and Canada refused to uh, support that uh, that vote. So uh, we need to to have deep introspection about where we're going in this country and what we're doing. And um, Canadians should be outraged. And as well, on Friday, not only should we be, um, you know, condemning this glorification of a Nazi in the House of Parliament, but Canadians should also be denouncing the fact that we have, um, the federal government has announced another $650 million to prolong this war in Ukraine. So Canadians are spending more public funds for uh, weapons, for, you know, this terrible war that we see raging in that country. Canadians have spent in the past 18 months over $9 billion for a war. We haven't spent $1 for peace. Um, so uh, th there are a lot of problems uh, that were revealed on Friday, and Canadians really need to pause and, um, and think about where we are as a country and the direction that we're going. And I would like to also add that um, there is there is a misperception among Canadians that we are a peacekeeping country. It's something that you mentioned in your opening remarks. Well, Canadians need to be aware of the fact that according to the latest UN peacekeeping statistics, Canada is ranked 68th in the world for peacekeeping. We have a mere 58 soldiers that are wearing the UN blue helmet. We have uh, a thousand Canadian soldiers in Latvia right now on the borders of Russia, leading a NATO battle group and an electronic warfare unit. So um, uh, Canadian has become a highly militarized uh, country and our 
posture in the world is one of war making. So can you honestly say that uh, these these sorts of point of views are present in in the mainstream media? I mean, I don't know. I mean, we, we keep hearing all this stuff about how Russia is so evil and, and everything else. Uh, but the thing about Global Research News Hour is it's different. You know, we expose information that's been concealed by most official sources. I mean, fighting the uh, fighting disinformation, I think, is what we do. We, we get into the point where anyone who opposes major narratives like aggression against Venezuela or the, the war in Ukraine, the Israeli attack on Gaza, people are hiding arguments behind the current Cold War with China. And you know, they have a, a more populist latitude to, to deliver more wars on the globe. But independent journalism, such as Global Research News Hour, is one of the major tools against war and militarism and for peace. Don't allow us to, to slide to that eternal 1984 uh, of you know, forever wars uh, scenario. Call 204-774-6877 or go to online fundrive.ckuw.ca and you can you know, pledge for uh, you know, any of the, the major uh, in, incentives. For example, there's a, uh, at the $75 level, you uh, would be able to get a, a great T-shirt. It's yellow. But it's got you know pictures of all these kind of you know jive little guys who are sort of dancing underneath these you know flowers. I mean, it's hard to explain in, in verbally, but you got to see it for yourself, and you can see it by going online. It, it, it's really you don't want to miss it. And you, there's no other way to get it except go to fundrive.ckuw.ca or phone two zero four seven seven four six eight seven seven, and you can get it right now. You should you would also get uh, an opportunity to get. Uh, a copy of The Globalization of War, written by Michelle Chosodovsky, uh, who heads the Global Research News Hour. And uh, it's, a, it's a good book. It's about, oh, I don't know, about 200 pages long, but it's very, it's very easy to follow. And, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's going to be a, a popular seller for, for some people. So call 204-774-6877, and you can get uh, a copy of it right now. So um, we're looking at the, uh, the next one, and uh, this is a, a clip from my interview with Naomi Wolf. Now, she's a, a person that's – she's a journalist, and uh, she actually headed a whole think tank. Uh, or basically, he, her, her group is called uh, dailyclout.io, D-A-I-L-Y-C-L-O-U-T dot I-O, and she exposed the uh, – a lot of the uh, the attention around the the Pfizer document because they used a a, a freedom of information request. You know those things that is basically a, the the journalists cudgel the freedom of information to get information that you can't get from uh, you know normal means. And this thing uh, initially the, the 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 FDA was trying to protect Pfizer, uh, saying, well, we won't release it to, you know until fully release it until you know maybe 75 years from now, something like that. But uh, Aaron Siri was, uh, you know, she, he championed this situation, this, uh, on behalf of all the, the scientists who uh, put out the Freedom of Information request and got, um, we, we got copies of it. And Naomi Clyde, Naomi Wolf, rather, has been uh, going through it with 
in the company of like 3,500 experts, uh, which includes like medical fraud investigators and physicians and uh, RNs, uh, biological scientists, research scientists, biostatisticians, and other. And, and they in di divided in six working groups, and they came up. They're, they're still coming out with reports on it. So I, I interviewed her late last year. So I'll play for you right now some of uh, what she said. Uh, this is, in, first of all, you, the first part of it is with uh, an interview I did with Peter Hotez about it. And uh, I'll play what he said, and then I'll play uh, Naomi Wolf's response. Every single member of parliament, oh, everyone sorry. in the House. Sorry. Okay, here is that clip. Flee reviewed by the Food and Drug Administration, again, which has an extraordinary uh, track record of monitoring for safety and efficacy. They looked at the clinical trial data for, I think it was, I forget which one was 44,000, I think it was 44, 60,000 patients in the Pfizer study, which is a pretty large study, did not find those uh, adverse effects. And in fact, there's now it's been well documented, there is no link between um, uh, mRNA vaccines and infertility or miscarriages. But I'll tell you what, there is a big link for COVID-19 to pregnant women. We've lost many, many pregnant women to COVID-19 who did not get vaccinated again because of some of this weaponized communication that you're citing. <laughs> so yeah, basically, yeah, he's saying that uh, the FDA studied it and uh, they, they didn't see any any problems with it. And, and then he switched over to, uh, you got to get vaccinated or because COVID-19 could interrupt their pregnancies. Uh, your response? I mean, Michael, that man is going straight to hell. I mean, he's, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I don't know what to say. Like that's evil of such immense proportions because he's lying. He knows he's lying and he's lying in a way that's going to kill babies and he doesn't stop. I mean, what he said is just a lie. First of all, there no one no one knows the denominator in the Pfizer clinical trials. It's not in the record. We know the adverse events, and there are over forty two thousand adverse events in just three months. Second of all, there are two distinct places, and we've issued multiple reports about this that have gotten tons of media. Um, that, that enumerate the dead babies and, and show, and, and Pfizer concluded that the babies died due to the vaccine. So how can, how can Hotez not know that? And the last thing is, you know, our team has taken two years to issue 92 reports. The FDA gave themselves one week to go through the documentation. It's 450,000 pages. So, um, they ensured that they would not see what they did not look for. Um, but but it, it's it's just, it's a lie. And it's not only a lie from our data sets, it's a lie from the VAERS database, which is a government database, that it's the FDA's and his job and the CDC director's job to monitor those signals. More babies have been lost in the VAERS database than in all of, for this vaccine, than all of the other um uh, vaccines combined. Last I, last I was informed, it's there's a dramatic safety signal for um, for for pregnancy and childbirth. And also, just look at like look at government databases on who's being born. Something is killing babies in utero, and it coincides with the rollout of the injection. This man's just such a liar. 
yet the last thing I will say about his disgusting, horrible lies is when he says, oh, and they always do this, the talking points, oh, whatever you may say about whatever side effect you may mention, it that same side effect happens to be caused much worse by COVID. Well, it, among the most important findings in the Pfizer documents is that one month after rollout in November of 2020, Pfizer concluded that the vaccines did not work to stop COVID. Pfizer's language is vaccine failure and failure of efficacy. And in fact, in the Pfizer documents, the third most common side effect of getting vaccinated is COVID. And in fact, if if they didn't use um, funny math to claim 95% effective, if they, they got to that math by removing 200 vaccinated infected people, if they had done the math um, honestly, uh, Hotez would have to acknowledge that more people who were vaccinated got COVID than the unvaccinated arm of the trials. So it, it's meaningless for him to claim that, you know, women could save themselves by, by getting vaccinated because Pfizer concluded the vaccines did not work to stop COVID. Okay, so that yeah, was Naomi Wolf. Uh, she's, she's a, a journalist, uh, you know, the author of the several bestsellers, uh, and that, as far as that last resorts, I, I looked into the, uh, the the her website. There's uh, report 73, I believe it is. Pfizer knew by November 2020 that its mRNA COVID vaccine was neither safe nor effective, and you know she lays it out along with you know passages from the original. Um, so yeah, it basically it's not a conspiracy theorist or an anti-vaxer saying it it's it's Pfizer itself through a freedom of information request so I mean I don't know you 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 decide for yourselves you could look it up dailyclout.io and and decide for yourself so but I'm asking you to do that uh, I I think you should know that uh, there are a lot of people who I mean they don't even wait for this sort of uh, information they always I mean they, they're probably looking at the results from their own families in fact if you saw that the NCI uh, there were a lot of people who were talking about the deaths of loved ones uh, that, that died uh, apparently from the vaccine. So, you know, maybe we should uh, think about that. Maybe people, maybe there are people out there that want to, you know, maybe have a, a protest or something like that to, you know, maybe get some, get some sort of compensation or, 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 or get the things stopped. Anyway, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's still FunDrive, and uh, my name is Michael Welch, <coughs> and uh, Global Research News Hour is the uh, <coughs> excuse me. Global Research News Hour is the show, and we're trying to raise as much money as we can uh, so that we can better have a, have a better sense of just where we are positioned to, uh, to be able to do all the things that we've done as, as a station. And I, I think that we should also, I mean, look at, for example, the, uh, I guess the, I, I mentioned the staff earlier. I mean, they, 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 we have so much set up for us. I mean, there's the archives, which regularly save uh, episodes of our show and keep us on the airwaves. Uh, you know, Rob Schmidt, the, the station manager, he's been here almost uh, just shy of 30 years as station manager. And, uh, Guess got Scott Price, the program director. I mean, he's a dedicated man. He, you know, keeping everyone online, provided that we agree to just a few.
basic rules of broadcast. So they, 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 and, and most of all, they recognize the importance of diversity. So if you don't like the, you know, the stuff that we have on the station, that's okay. There are other, station, other shows that we have on CKUW that you know, maybe you, you reflect different things. I'm just saying that you know, we have things to reflect on. So call 204-774-6877 and, and get, the, get, us, you know, get us, give us a call. You know, tell us how much you appreciate us because we're, we, offer, we, we offer differences in, uh, in, in the way we contextualize our information. So uh, I'll just going to read off. Uh, uh, David has uh, contributed uh, quite a bit. I guess it's uh, $200, so that's thank you. As well as Alon, he, he don't dedicated eighteen, but hey, every little bit counts. And uh, I should also add that uh, we have all sorts of other things that we could do that uh, th that will help us out. You know, we have different. Uh, we we have at the higher levels, like a uh, hundred and seventy dollars. Uh, you can get the hoodie and the friends card. And uh, yeah, you, you also have multiple chances to to win the the, the globalization of war by Michelle Chosodovsky. We get the toque at ninety five point nine. All of these is a way of saying thank you. And I would like to thank every person who d d donated not just to Global Research News Hour but to the station. So it's uh, so I'm gonna just play a little bit of uh, a song. It's one of my personal favorites, and and then we'll be right back with the final stretch. So stay tuned. So it is now 1.48 in the afternoon, so we're getting to the end of the show, and it's a little bit concerning because it's like the, the last of the, uh, the spoken word shows, and we have so many on the show. Uh, but, you know, this is basically an op last opportunity to, to really devote it to a, a spoken word show. Call 204-774-6877. You know, devote it to a, a station that uh, and a show that offers... You know that, that basically contributes to all the diversity that uh, we've been putting forward on the station. You know, basically, uh, you know, I, I know that back in the days of uh, uh, the uh, what do you call? Oh, yeah, manufacturing consent, where we would actually present alternatives, uh, where basically alternatives to the mainline dominant narrative are being discouraged, and so. I hope that uh, you know this helps you because we we don't capture and and throw out those sorts of narratives you know uh, having to do with all the other stuff um, you know with with regard to globalization war and so on we're, we're so we're devoted to peace so I I, I think that uh, yeah we're I, I've got one more play that I, I'd really like to play because this is a uh, this is a, an interview and I, it just aired like the week before. This uh, fun drive started. Uh, it was with Michael Conant of the. Uh, well, he's the the lawyer who's representing this landmark trial against uh, the, the the fluoridation of water, 
and he is also sourcing actual documents that show that it's actually more that is actually dangerous for listeners uh, and and he's also pointing to other interests that may make it uh, conceivable as to why they would want to do that so i'll play it for you and in the meantime call 204-774-6877 or go to fundrive.ckw.ca make that call in 1939 um the first ever proposal to fluoridate water was made by a scientist named Gerald Cox. Gerald Cox worked at the Mellon Institute which, and was funded by two industries, the sugar industry and the aluminum industry. And Gerald Cox stated in 1939 that the present trend towards the complete removal of fluoride from water may need some reversal because of the tooth decay benefits. And I think that's an interesting point right there because uh, in the 1930s, the trend was to eliminating fluoride from water because there was a growing appreciation in the scientific community that fluoride is a toxic compound like lead and arsenic. And the sci- like you saw a lot of scientific research back then on the thyroid gland, on various components of systemic health. And so in 1939, you have this sugar-funded, aluminum-funded researcher saying, hey, maybe we want to add it to water because it's so good for teeth. So those are three of the the major sort of influences um, on the private actor level. But then you have the government, and that might be, that's the fourth special interest, but it's actually within the government. And that is that the government, um, it was World War II, and they were trying to build the bomb, right? The Manhattan Project, this large, sprawling industrial enterprise and fluoride was the chemical that they found could be used to enrich the uranium and uh, uranium hexafluoride. And so they needed massive quantities of fluoride in order to build the bomb. And that resulted in a ma- large scale exposures of fluoride to the workers who were helping to build the various components of the bomb. And um, and, and what you see in the documents is that the toxicologist and the, the, the medical director of the Manhattan Project were very concerned about fluoride. They were very concerned. And, and that fact there is, I mention it because the, government's, the government approached fluoride not like, oh, let's just investigate this issue and, and just communicate with the public about what we're finding, good or bad. It was... Not that. Like the government did not approach fluoride from like, like an ivory tower. Like, oh, let's let's just research fluoride and see how it affects human health. They researched it, and they, they actually have a policy of the the Atomic Energy Commission, 1947, where if there's research indicating that our processed chemicals, i.e., uh, like chemicals like fluoride or uranium, are harmful that publishing information about that would be detrimental to the government's interest because the government is, a, the, is partly responsible for exposing workers and communities to these high levels of fluoride. So the government didn't, like fluoride, the, the government was con- conflict, had a conflict with fluoride too. So those are the four major sort of interests at play in the 1940s. Now, why why the decision was made to fluoridate, you know, you can't see any particular document and say, aha, here's, here's, here's the, uh, you know, the uh, smoking gun. That doesn't exist. We don't have that. 
and I, and so uh, I also would say, to be fair, and because I, I I always want to make clear that there were a lot of people, like dentists, individual dentists, and people who saw the tooth tooth decay problem that we had and were really, really enthusiastic about this idea that we could like eradicate tooth decay by adding this compound to water. So there was a lot of optimism and a lot of good intentions. And I think that that optimism and good intentions was sort of exploited by certain actors for various Okay, so it is now 1.55. I uh, would like to hear that phone keep ringing. It's 204-774-6877. This is the Global Research News Hour. My name is Michael Welch. We've got f- less than five minutes left, so if you, there's a time to to, uh, to donate. Now is the time. And I just got a, a call from uh, Zeba, who's uh, here. She is giving us five hundred dollars, five hundred dollars, because she is definitely sees the the importance. Of Global Research News Hour, and and I want to thank her from the bottom of my heart. This is very very generous on your part. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, and also, uh, not to mention, uh, Renee also phoned uh, for with a, a fifty dollar pledge. So thank you, Renee. I think that should bring us up close to the forty forty seven thousand dollar mark. I think a little bit shy, but yeah, you you could be the one who puts us over the edge. So call two zero four seven seven four six eight seven seven or go to fundrive.ckuw.ca. Make your pledge. You can make a you could do an e transfer if you wish. Uh, fundrive at ckuw.ca and you know you, you can get it in. It's, it's not too late. Call so call two zero four seven seven four six eight seven seven fundrive.ckuw.ca and and make that call. Pledge to this community because this is such a wonderful community. I, I've, it, it's been a big part of my, I've been at this station now for 15 years. Actually, it's a little more than 15 years, closing on 16 years. It's, it, it's been such a huge part of my life, a huge part of my heart, and I, I, I want it to keep going. So call 204-774-6877, and you could be my ally in this fight to, to, to preserve CKUW for the, the for the next year, for the next decade, for the next generation. So call 204-774-6877 right now. Go to fundrive.ckuw.ca. It's, it means so much. Thank everyone who phoned already. Thank everyone who's phoned, who, who's, who, even if you don't like this show, you phoned for the station because some part of it appeals to you. you that, that's the thing. Some part of it appeals to you. You want to keep it going. We can keep this dialogue moving through the halls and through the airwaves. So I, I really appreciate all the work that you've done. I really appreciate the, the, the hard work that the, the, the staff here has been putting into it. They're here almost all the time, and, uh, and I want to thank them as well. And uh, you know, thank you for, for, for sharing it with us, with sh- sharing us with the, the wider community, because, hey, if you want, you can have your own show. If you've got an idea that, you know, things that you, you can come in. You'll come in, you know, maybe, maybe not right away, but, you know, maybe next week. You can say, hey, I'm interested in being a volunteer and doing what that Michael guy or, or, or Ted or, or any of the other people we've had on the show, uh, you know, you want to do something like it. That's all you need. That's all you need to do. So I, I want to thank you all, and uh, I guess I'll just uh, leave you now with uh, a little bit of music, and then we'll head right into uh, the uh, the. Uh, uh, the racket, I guess, or something. Okay, so so take care, everybody. 
uh, God bless and uh, all the best.